Welcome to Inside Out. Without prejudice or boundaries, this space is for raw and vulnerable conversations surrounding health, mental well-being, relationships, parenthood, and so much more. Our goal is to deliver a conversation that will educate and empower you through shared experiences told by inspiring and relatable guests. My name is Chris. I'm a wife, mum, and stepmom who is on a personal journey that cultivates a life of alignment and intention. I hope these conversations encourage you to do the same. Let's dive deep into today's episode. Welcome to Inside Out, episode 10. Today's guest is a very special and inspiring mum. She is on a mission to change the lives of mothers all over the country. Lauren Oliver is a mum of two young boys with her third little one on the way. Previously working in a fast-paced, highly demanding and stressful corporate role as a solicitor, she made the bold decision to embark on a business idea that would change the lives of women all over Australia. With the support of her husband, Mark, Lauren launched Mums Who Wine. Mums Who Wine is an organisation that is passionate about creating avenues for mums to invest in their own self-care and mental health. Many mothers are isolated, even in supportive communities, so we want to help connect them with other mums and spread our message that self-care saves, is what Lauren tells us in this conversation. Mums Who Wine's mission is to create opportunities for every mother in every community to find their tribe and make meaningful connections. Mums Who Wine passionately supports Panda and their mission to raise awareness and reduce the stigma associated with perinatal anxiety and depression. I hope you enjoy this very special conversation. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast, Lauren. I'm really excited to share this conversation with our community and spread your message because you are doing such incredible work all over the country. So I feel incredibly honoured to share your message today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I feel equally honoured to have been asked and I thank you for reaching out. It's um, it's great to connect with other like-minded women, definitely. Oh, thank you. Before we delve too deep into this conversation, I'd love to know a little more about you. Can you share with me a little on your background and where you grew up? Yeah, absolutely. So I am, I had to think then, how old am I? I'm 37. I'm currently 38 and a half weeks pregnant so with my third baby so I might have a little baby brain but I know that all the mums listening to this will totally understand (laughs) um so I grew up down on the Mornington Peninsula um in I, I live in Victoria in Melbourne and so I grew up down there um and I uh went to oh obviously school then uni and trained um as a corporate lawyer so I worked as a insurance lawyer for 10 years, specialised in um, in work cover claims, in particular psychiatric injury claims. So I did that for 10 years and I, before starting Mums Who Wine, obviously, and um, I, I'm married, so I met my husband down there. Um, he is actually a country boy. Uh, so he thought that, you know, where we were living, which is like this coastal sort of town, he thought that was the city. So, you know, <laughs> he's a, it's a bit of a different change for him. Um, and I am a mum of, well, three. So I've got two boys. Thomas is six. Uh, William, who we call Billy, is three. And I have a little girl due hopefully any day. <laughs> Cross, that's so exciting. Oh, my goodness. And... Um, that's such a shift in terms of your change of 
job from what you were doing to what you're doing now. I would love to hear more about your story and your experience in terms of your work and where your business came to life and where it's at now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely a huge, a huge change. If people, I always say, if someone had have said to me even four years ago that I would have started my own business and quit law, I would have slapped them because that was just not in my, I'd always wanted to be a lawyer. So from, it was from, it was actually after watching uh, Melrose Place, which I freaking love. I think it's such a cheesy show, but I loved it. And I remember looking at Amanda Woodward and she was wearing these cool kick-ass power suits and killer heels and she was in advertising and I didn't know much about advertising, but I knew that if I wanted to wear, you know, great suits, make a lot of money, have a lot of power, um, you know, what what job could I do? And I thought, okay, I'll be a lawyer. And that was pretty much the motivation behind it. And so from the age of 14, it's all I ever wanted. And I was very, very driven by the corporate dream, so to speak, and the corporate lifestyle. And um, even when Mark and I met uh, when I was 20, well, how old, 27, and he was a primary school teacher and he basically wanted kids straight away. And I said, no, nah, mate, we're not going to have kids until I'm at least 40, if that, because, you know, I wanted to be partner and, you know, go up the corporate ladder. So um, it's been definitely a huge shift. But I guess how it all came about, we so we were living down on the Moynta Peninsula. I was travelling an hour and a half each way. So I was traveling three hours a day to the city to get to work. Um, and after having our eldest son, Thomas, I made the decision to go back to work full time uh, again to, you know, pursue the corporate dream. And Mark was decided to become a stay-at-home dad. And we just said, well, look, I said, there's no way I can keep doing this travel. I'm just never going to see Thomas. So we made a very spare of the moment very random decision, one of the best decisions I've ever made, but to leave our friends, our family, the life that we'd lived for a long time and to relocate up to the city so that I could cut down my travel time. And that's, I guess, kind of where Mums Who Wine started because I was still working full time. I had a 15-month-old and I couldn't, you know, I'd left my tribe, I'd left my family my friends like they were still an hour and a bit away but obviously you don't see them as much and I um you know I was working full-time and I didn't have any friends up here I didn't have a support network I didn't you know I couldn't go to play centers I couldn't go to mum's groups to meet people because I was working full-time and I was working long hours obviously and so I remember just feeling quite lonely because I'm a I'm a pretty social person and, you know, my the, the way that I fill my cup, so to speak, is to catch up with some girlfriends for a glass of wine and, you know, just talk about life and I just didn't have that. So um, Mark and I were walking down, it was at the end of our street, there's a wine bar, which is quite handy, not at the moment, unfortunately, but um, we're walking past there and I said, oh, that'd be really nice to go to with some girlfriends. And I just said, I don't have any girlfriends. So I came back, came home and took a huge step of faith and I put a post on a local Mums and Bubs Facebook group and just said, hi, ladies, I'm new to the area. I don't know anyone. Would anyone like to have a glass of wine? 
And um, I was so nervous. I remember I was shaking when I pressed the button because I'm like, what if no one responds? And I'm just forever known as that girl that like put a call out to make some friends and no one responded. But thankfully, um, yeah, a lot of people responded and we I organised a dinner that week uh, and we had eight or nine mums come and so I met some friends and then I thought, well, great, job done. I've met some friends, that's it. And then I had all these other mums contact me say, I couldn't come to that. Are you going to do another one? So I organised another event another dinner the next week and then eight or nine new mums came and then I thought wow it made me realize I'm not the only one that's lonely or that's seeking that connection or or even just that time you know once the kids are in bedtime for yourself so yeah and then I just it's kind of grown from there and that was how long ago was that a few years ago now so yeah when I became a new mum um in that first month, everyone, you know, that you get the visits, you get all the food, coffees and everything's dropped in and it's quite a busy four weeks I found and then it just sort of stops and those first few months following are the times you need to feel that social connection to your friends and your family and, I mean, you being so isolated in terms of not from human like from people and that connection but you removing yourself from your friends and family, that would have been really hard, you know, like me you worked full-time before having a baby so you've got this transition into motherhood and we became very conditioned to this old routine of you know full-time work you get up you get ready you hustle to work you hustle home Mm. you cook you know you go to bed at a certain time um and then suddenly you're at home all day long and twiddling your fingers and it's like oh I you know I've got this little person on me now 24 7 what do I do so I love that your business concept really encourages connection for women and finding your tribe to have that emotional support throughout you know both pregnancy and your time transitioning into motherhood you know finding that group of women that you can resonate with and be with yeah absolutely and I think the biggest thing as well is that Um, like I get up at all of our events and say, you know, don't look at the highlight reel of Instagram. It's not real. Like motherhood is really tough. It's lonely. Like it's, it's, it's beautiful. And obviously, you know, it's a great experience and we love it, but it's, it's really, really tough. And I think the thing is as well, which we've found as well, we, so Mums Who Wine is open to mums of all ages and we have a lot of older mums. We have grandmas that come because I think at different stages of life, where, you know, especially like if the kids have left home and, you know, they're a bit old, like, you know, the mums are a bit older and they kind of lose their identity as well and, you know, they might not have a close circle of friends. So we've had people that from all different ages connect and make friends. I know that there was an event where four grandmas came and they all came and they swapped numbers and they've caught up since and they've, you know, developed this beautiful friendship because I think, at any stage, it's just, you know, women in particular, I mean, men need it as well, but you need connection and you need um, community. And you're right, like we're all about helping you find your tribe. And it is hard, especially in the new stages of motherhood. But even like, for example, if an older older mum, you know, change, like moves to a new area, it's like, well, how do they meet people? They can't meet people at the school, school drop-off because their kids are older it's it's you know there's no tinder um there might be a tinder for mums I don't know I think there's a few apps and things like that but um yeah so we just want to create just create that space for mums to come and even at our events we have a lot of mums that come on their own 
and we, you know, really love and really value that, that people see that as a safe space. And we've had so many testimonials of mums that have come and made friends. And, I mean, that's what eventually led me to quitting my job um, and doing this full time because I would have mums come up to me with tears in their eyes and just, oh, far out, 38 weeks pregnant, I'm going to cry. Um oh. <laughs> They would just come up to me and say, I, I made a friend tonight. Like, thank yeah. you so much. And I just think, like, we're in a um, we're in a loneliness epidemic. Like, it's actually, like, they've regarded it as, a, as an epidemic where we're in a world where we're more connected than ever through social media and all of that. But a lot of that is so surfaced that people are just so lonely and that – breaks my heart because I was I was that person I was lonely and I I just wanted to make one friend and and I just say look at the end of this if one mum's life is changed or if one person has made a friend from something I've created then job done I think that's the most powerful thing I can do absolutely I absolutely love that and especially you know you're even connecting older mothers and and women that have you know adult children now and grandmothers I know like with my mum she's only early 50s but you know and she doesn't have a, a wide circle of women that she spends a lot of time with because she's always worked so hard um and it would be even for me just not I've got a lot of friends but not that mother's group I never had that connection when I had Jessie to go out and um, be with a mother's group or anything so I know that for me and my mum just having your memberships and what you're offering and what you're giving to society that connection with other women who are in the same position as you or in the same life stages and seasons of their you know motherhood stage it's Mm -hmm. it's just amazing what you're doing oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) you've also created um the campaign self-care saves can you tell us a little more about this i'm super interested in this yeah absolutely so it was because so what we do through um, through Mums Who Wine, we donate 5% of all of our proceeds to Panda, which is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia, uh, because obviously in my background of psychiatric injury claims and just, you know, mental health in Australia and just the, you know, level of aware, well, I guess maybe lack of awareness and level of stigma especially again in new mums where we're meant to be like oh my gosh this is amazing and I'm so blessed and it's like well what if what if you're not what if things aren't amazing so we wanted to align ourselves to um yeah to an organization that we could support uh who are supporting obviously mums and dads and so I remember driving it was a random day and I was driving and I just, I just got this thing, self-care saves, and I just heard this voice, $10,000 in 30 days. And I'm like, okay. So I came came home and I thought, all right, well, what is our message? Because obviously our, our whole, you know, what I stand for is that if you invest time in your self-care, that you're going to be um, a, better, a better mother, a better version of yourself, a better wife. And the whole, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. We hear from that all the time. But even more than that, I think that investing in your self-care, like it saves, it saves your relationships, it saves your sense of identity. And, you know, at the extreme level, it saves lives because if you're actually, you know, looking after your mental health, then you're going to save your life. So 
I created this campaign uh, in 2018 for Panda Week. So they run a, a week in November just to raise awareness about what they do. And so I created a campaign where I um, made T-shirts and tanks with the hashtag self-care saves and we sold them and 100% of proceeds went towards Panda. And I put this call out and I said, you know what, ladies, I want to raise $10,000 in 30 days for Panda. And I feel like I should have slapped myself, like, what are you doing, Lauren? Because I was, you know, running this business on my own. Everything was, it was just me. But anyway, I put it out there and just the level of support, mums and not even mums, like women around Australia bought these tanks and these teas. We had local stores that would stock them, um, you know, quite a few like um, influencer mums wore them on their feed and and the whole point of it is to actually express, you know, to share it and say, I believe that self-care saves because... And, um, yeah, we raised over $12,000 in 30 days for Panda, which was awesome. So uh, from there, so that was just going to be a one-off campaign, but that message has really just grown and it, it just resonates with so many people. So we continue to sell the tanks and teas um, and we, we ran a similar campaign the next year and we also sold them for the bush, um, obviously during the devastating bushfires and we raised over six and a half thousand dollars for the bushfires during that time as well. But I think the whole that's just essentially that's our message is self-care saves like as a mum or anyone. But obviously our focus is on mums. If you invest in your self-care, it's going to save you. It's going to save your marriage. It's going to save your friends. It's going to save all of that because if you're running on empty, which as mums we do, let's be honest. And if we're constantly, it's a mother's heart is to give, give, give. We're very selfless. But I know for me, like I'll be, if I snap at the kids or if I'm not, you know, not in a good mental health space, like Mark will just say, call your girlfriends, go have a glass of wine or go have a coffee because that's my way to fill my tank. And then I come back and, I, and I'm better and I, I feel like I'm a better, you know, version of myself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think, it, I think that's what's really resonated with people because it's true. Like to give, it's almost giving yourself permission and that's what we're all about. Like we're giving so much to people, but what about yourself? Like if you're not putting yourself first, what and what are you showing to your family either? Yeah. yeah. What are some uh, self-care practices that you inject into your day? So for me, the biggest thing is I wake up in the morning and I – um spend 30 minutes you know subject to when I can do it but 30 minutes and I um I list, uh, meditate sorry I can think of the word then <laughs> meditate um I do like a 10 minute meditation I pray and I journal and I also just write down um five things that I'm grateful for and it's you know it doesn't have to be anything super profound it could be like the fact that, you know, I'm drinking a hot cup of coffee and, and all of that. And I also put down, you know, my goals as if they've already happened because I've read a few uh, like business books and things like that where your brain actually doesn't know the difference. So if, you, if you're if you constantly writing, I am whatever, I am the CEO of this, I am, your brain actually believes it's true and, yep. you know, I believe that, you know, what you what you speak is what you become. Mm-hmm. So I do that. Um 
but otherwise it's really as I said just investing time with my with my friends like tonight for example we I'm going down to the pub at the end of the street which is linked to the wine bar that I referred to earlier and you know they have an $18 steak night and we just have that in our diary um you know every week we catch up for steak night and it's two hours it's you know we have dinner have a glass of wine and I feel like that's my time where I can just be I can be like oh this is what's going on and then I feel better and I come home and I'm energized so um yeah mine's being around people whereas you know other people it might be going for a walk on their own or it could be doing I used to exercise a lot I I must say I haven't really done much of that during pregnancy um but yeah but mainly is just yeah catching up with girlfriends or just spending that time at the start of the day just to get myself in the right mindset Mm. having self-care practices are just so important for you know our health and our stress management and as women in particular mothers you know we do wear multiple hats a day I often refer to it as the wonder woman hat where you have to be everything all in one and while self-care practices like exercise and eating well are amazing for our physical health we really do need to ensure that we're encouraging a healthy relationship with ourselves internally and to do Mm -hmm. that you know we do need to have those practices in place to support our emotional well-being I um yesterday actually had a awful day I'm 38 weeks pregnant as well as you know Um, so I'm sure you can relate but one thing that I figured out this morning that I didn't do yesterday was my morning routine and it's super simple but for me it's my version of injecting self-care every single morning Um, when I had my son Jesse 18 months ago I was really consistent with this and it's just getting up putting on my nourishing oils a coffee a podcast in my ear get dressed make my bed It's so simple, but I've done it since he was born and it sets my day up in the most positive way. And Mm -hmm. things like this are just so detrimental to emotional well-being. So I love that you're spreading awareness of the importance of this. Oh, definitely. And that's the thing, like it doesn't, and this is what we try and um, do with our mums, like during uh, the um, corona, well, it's still going, but, you know, during lockdown and with all of the mums, you know, being stuck at home and obviously we had to cancel all of our events because we, we run events across Australia and we had to cancel all of those due to the restrictions and I was just so, you know, it burned so heavily on my heart that there's, you know, all these mums that are, are going to be stuck at home and obviously we're all isolating, we're all doing that, but just probably not having that outlet and not having that time. So during that, we, um, that over the past few months, we created an online member hub, which was a self-care saves member hub. And in that we had, you know, mindset sessions and virtual cuppers, so a 30-minute cupper. So you just set aside 30 minutes for your day and it would be a couple with me and I would have some guests on. But even just the mindset, on a Monday we had a mindset coach, um, Amanda Hodgson, and she would just jump on and be like, you know, just setting up some simple things like, yeah, make your bed every day, drink a big glass of water, and you know write down five things you're grateful for it doesn't have to be this long because you know we're mums we're getting kids lunches ready we're dealing with little people but if you can even if it's 10 minutes like and that'll actually change your day it really does really really does um lauren i feel it's really common for women to shift in our identity when they transition into motherhood did you feel that shift? You've had, this is your third pregnancy, um, but did you feel that shift? And if so, what did that look like for you with your first pregnancy? 
Yeah, I think with me, so I, for a long time, and this is probably a story for a whole nother day, but I wasn't even sure if I wanted children. And um, I guess, again, in line with that corporate mentality and feeling like I, I was worried that um, they would, you know, ha- stopping and taking time off to have kids would put me behind in my goals and all of that, all of those lies that come in, um, which I've overcome. But so I feel like I, like whilst when I was off, you know, with Thomas, I like I, lo- I loved it and I did enjoy it, but I, I did I did struggle a bit with it because, again, I've gone from a very fast-paced lifestyle. I was, you know, very social, uh, just, you know, I'd travel a lot for work and things like that. And then I was just stuck at home with Thomas and Mm. we were down on the peninsula and so it wasn't not as – like where we are now, it's up closer to the city so you'll always see people out at the parks and things like that but there's not as much – of that down there because everyone's kind of got their own swing set in their backyard and things like that um and I know as well like during that time I also accepted a voluntary redundancy so I felt that people because a lot of people when they're like oh what do you do and I'm like I'm a lawyer and they kind of would be like ah and that would feed something in me so then when I said oh I'm I'm a mum I'm a stay-at-home mum and you know I struggled with that for a bit so I feel like it's probably only been, I don't think it, you know, came really naturally that I just accepted that identity of mum. You know, I loved it, but I always, I never, I don't know, I, I always wanted to get back to work and all of that. Whereas I think since then, obviously through the birth of Mums Who Wine and, and seeing all of that and the impact, I think I've, you know, got I think I'm better with the identity of mum and as I prepare for baby number three um yeah I think there is that it is it is hard I think especially people who have been in like pretty full-on corporate life to take a step back and then like you said all of a sudden you're at home with a baby on your chest and with Bill like Thomas was a really great sleeper which was amazing but Billy my second was a horrible sleeper and so I I went back to work after six months and I would be working from home and I'd put him down for a nap hoping that I could like write a letter of advice you know he'd have two hours I'd have two hours and he'd do a 30 minute sleep and I yeah I, I really struggled with that but um yeah so I think I didn't it didn't come really easily and naturally to me but in saying that I think that's why people relate and resonate with me because I'm kind of real about that and that it's not that again that highlight reel of Instagram where we're all living our blessed lives because we've got these perfectly manicured mum life images and things like that because that's that's not reality as you would know very well so yeah absolutely not for me I really felt my identity being dismantled as such I really had to shift who I was because I'm someone that's always loved structure routine and being Mm. in control of my day Um, but then having a newborn added to the whole dynamic it just changed things so much things that I had to respect expected to return after birth that I held so closely to my identity were comfort independence and control of my body and I didn't feel I had been prepared, you know, by other mums or resources that were available to me 
for this to be very far from what actually happened after birth. I didn't get that back. I didn't just, you know, somehow come back into my life. I had to work to get all those things. Not all. I didn't get all of them back. But I still, you know, you had to do the work to get some independence, which is, you know, your time. And, um, and yeah, I would love to know how you feel you have evolved as a mother from your first pregnancy to this one. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing is probably – you know, accepting help and going from like obviously being a corporate lawyer, being super organised. They, my nickname was the general. I was very matter of fact. I was very you know driven, results based, and you just you just can't be like that with kids. Um, and and I think even I've really softened as well. And I've really and I think. And I, you know, I've shared about this in Mums Who Won. I think it is because of Mums Who Won because I've actually allowed myself to, you know, I've taken, I've, like, I quit being a lawyer six months after I launched Mums Who Won in 2017, and I've really, you know, evolved into having that become part of my identity. And and I really grappled for a long time, and I know a lot of mums did. I shared about this, and I've. Um, if any mum's listening, go on to our Facebook page because there's a little snippet of it about me sharing about for so long I I thought I was a bad mum and I was worried about, you know, um, about being a bad mum. And I think for all of us we have this fear of being, you know, that we're not doing a good enough job. And, and I often delegated so much of my role and my responsibility to Mark, my husband, who, as I said, is – country boy, primary school teacher by trade, like literally kids hang off him and love him and draw to him. And so I just was always like, well, you know, Mark can do it better. So I'm just going to step back. And that's part of the reason why, I mean, financial reasons as well. It was made sense for me to go back to work, but I, I went back to work full time and I said, well, you should stay at home because you're better at this than me. Whereas now I recognise the the role and the value that I have as a mother and the you know the impact that I've had in my kids' life and even obviously through through mums who whine in that I'm still a little bit nervous about having a little girl because I'm like I don't know about girls <laughs> I'm like um, and you know to be honest there's still a little bit a little bit of fear because I've I've never really looked at myself as a really it's probably actually I probably am now because I'm like I cry all the time now but like not a real soft nurture you know like I'm not not one of those people where people would look at me and go oh she was born to be a mother like it's it's still um still a work in progress but I've definitely softened and I've definitely taken on the role and I've I've really owned it a lot more and not stepped back and thought I'm not doing a good job I've said no. This is this is me, and I think there's. I can't remember if we put it up, but you see it a lot on social media. It's like if you're if you're worried that you're not a good mother, that's the sign that you are one. Like yeah. you know, the fact that you're even thinking you're not doing good enough means that you know. And you see these little people like who just adore you and adore what you're doing, and you think you're making all these mistakes, but they just think you're the best thing since sliced bread so yeah I think just actually just owning that and recognizing that there will be those fear and I don't think you will speak to any mum who doesn't think that she's failing at some point because 
I think we're a bit too hard on ourselves. And again, that's why, you know, to spread this message of just, you know, finding your tribe so that you can share about the struggles of motherhood and feeling like you're not enough and, you know, losing your identity and all of that is so powerful. But knowing that you're not, you're not in it alone and a lot of people don't talk about it. So just to, yeah, get that, get those people and actually go, yep, all right, yeah, I am doing a good job. And then that actually allows you to take hold of the role of motherhood in a more powerful way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think also, you know, knowing what those difficult moments are like in the early days and how much sleep deprivation does affect your mental state of mind, it's just vital to be honest with the people around you Mm. and communicate how you feel and lean into the support networks that you have. And if you don't, set up those before the baby arrives. You know, they say it takes a village and they're not buying. In so many cultures, when mothers give birth, there's, Um, a room or a community of women they're supporting her and then after the birth the mother is the sole focus and she's bathed and fed and cared for by these women we obviously live in a very different culture in our society here in Australia but it's so important that we have a tribe big or small that we can lean on to for support oh absolutely and that's and that's it and that's our our sole focus and you know why I do what I do and you know, like even like making the decision to quit corporate life, I, I was earning a lot of money and I was doing all of that and I've gone to, I haven't paid myself in two and a half years because, you know, establishing a business and everything's just going back into building it and expanding it um, just to reach more mums because I realised the power of it. And, and as I said, because I've experienced it myself, being lonely and not having a tribe, like, you know, I had great friends down on the peninsula, I've still got them, but then, you know, they're an hour and a half away. I can't just call up and say, hey, can you come around for a coffee? I'm struggling. Whereas to have this beautiful community around you, and it is hard, and especially when you're going in those stages, if you're sleep deprived or if you are suffering from um, postnatal or mental health or social um, social anxiety, which a lot of people suffer from, to actually find a way. And, and that's why we always say, let us find your tribe for you, because it is quite daunting to pick up and go, hey, can someone, who wants to go out? Yeah. But if you, if you come to one of our events or you connect with one of our mums or things like that, then it's, everyone's in the same boat and everyone, everyone is seeking authenticity. Everyone's seeking connection and community and that's why what you know we're empowering mothers building community changing lives because if we can create these little mums who wine communities around australia and you know eventually globally then no mum is going to be lonely and isolated and they are going to have that tribe when if you have a baby you're going to walk outside and there's going to be a lasagna on your doorstep and you know milk and bread and and things like that or you know people just dropping in and just saying here like I remember one of my girlfriends when Billy wasn't sleeping she just knocked on the door she's like I'm taking Billy for a walk have a sleep and I'm like no 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 and and, you know as a mummy, like no it's fine it's fine she's like go to sleep I'm taking him he'll be fine you need to rest I'm like okay like just small things like that can be game-changing yeah, that's so amazing. Oh, gosh, it's just incredible that what you're doing. And you mentioned a little earlier about um, I actually said something similar to my husband about when you had a baby that there's no Tinder for mums or anything. And I remember when Tinder first came out or was sort of happening and I didn't have a baby, but I remember saying to my husband, why can't there just be like a Tinder for girls to meet other girls? Like why can't 
you know, I want an app where you just go and make friends and you make friends with people that like all the same things. So, <laughs> and then when I had a baby, I was like, I just want a Tinder for months. Like, is it that hard? <laughs> so you, you're sort of doing exactly what I was asking for. So I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, I mean, and I kind of look at it in the fact that, like I said at the start, if someone had have said to me that I'd be doing this, I would have slapped them because A, coming from someone who, wasn't even sure if they wanted to be a mum and now I run a business which is well actually I don't even like saying a business it's more like a organization um to you know help and support mothers I think is the most ironic thing in the world and then like we've we've established in 10 locations across Australia now and we're continuing to expand and it's literally like I get messages daily from people mums all around Australia saying when are you coming here when are you coming here and that's why it's like it burns on my heart. I'm like, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming, but I'm just one person. But um, the great thing is now, like I was um, sharing with you earlier before we started recording, is that we have ambassadors across the country in the areas that now obviously I can't be everywhere. So they, you know, they run the events, they support the local mums, they, you know, if you sign up for your membership, they'll give you a call and just check in and see how you're going and, you know, if you have a new baby, they'll check in and just, you know, say, hey, tracking and and things like that. And that's and that's what it's about. It's about, you know, just helping support mums in your community. And I think I always say women supporting women, but I, it's so powerful. And to be able to do this and just to continue to spread awareness about self-care, connect mums with other mums and like my husband runs Dads Who Wine and um, is slowly building that as well to support dads as well because a lot of people don't know that one in ten men suffer from postnatal depression and it's real you know it's it's equally I think it's more hard for men to meet and connect so Absolutely. yeah especially if they're you know if they aren't the stay at home dad and they are working full time mm-hmm. but then they're coming home to a sleep deprived sorry sleep deprived. Um, angry, resentful mum that's been home all day and just wants to talk to her husband and the husband's exhausted. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's the whole thing. It's it's really hard. And they actually, they've done research um, and they said that the last two or three hours of a man's a father's day is least productive if, you know, if they've got a, a mother, like a wife at home who maybe is suffering postnatal or newborn or whatever um because those last few hours they're actually really thinking okay how's it going to be when i get home and and they're kind of mentally preparing themselves to get home okay what can i do how can i support her what sort of day has she had what sort of days the baby had so yeah it's really um and that's why we're you know we just want to support mums and dads because then if if they can be both feeling investing in their self-care and their mental health then that's only going to benefit the children and benefit the local communities as well yeah um even today my husband and I ran into someone that we know and um like oh how long do you have to go with the pregnancy and he's like we we only have a week left and she's like well what do you mean we you're you know you're not carrying and my husband was like, well, it feels like I've been pregnant because I've been with her through this whole process and she's, you know, I have been quite unwell, unfortunately, but he's just been incredible and so supportive and mm. kind and patient and, you know, conscious with me. And it's it's like he's been a part of the whole process because I've been so sick. So the men definitely sometimes don't get enough reward for the effort that they put in, mm. I think. 
Definitely. Yeah, oh, I 100%. And Mark, yeah, Mark's been the same. Like I was really ill early on um, until about 16, 17 weeks. And then, and he also, like he works full time, he works for a politician and he also does so much behind the scenes work for Mums Who Wine. Like he has created our website. He does all the background stuff. He's, um, we've just hired a couple of staff. He's trained all of them. Like he's, and a lot of people don't see that and they just see, oh, wow, it's amazing what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but I couldn't be doing this. Like we've got, you know, like our database and we've, you know, the different programs and I'm not IT savvy at all. Mm. Um, And so we just always say like, I'm the one with the vision and I say, I want, like, this is what I see. And he's like, okay, I'll make it happen. And, and I think people just, yeah, they kind of underestimate, you know, their role and what, what they do. And, you know, even he's just, he, he would literally push me to bed and go, go have a sleep, go relax. Cause I'm like, no, 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 I've just, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And he's like, go rest. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's, and he was actually, so Mark was actually the one that, um, encouraged me to quit my job as a lawyer which not many not many men would do or not many husbands because I was the like the main breadwinner yeah and when he said just quit and I'm like um what like what do you mean and yeah and I just said we can't like we want I want to buy we want to buy a house we need my we need my wage we need this thinking all practically and he's like just quit we'll make it work and I'm like, what do I even, how do I even quit? Like, what do I say? And he's like, just go in there and say that you've started something that is changing the lives across of mums across Australia and own it. And I went, oh, bang, okay. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. Like, everyone's like, wow, you're so brave in quitting your corporate job. I said, I never would have done it if Mark hadn't encouraged me to. Yeah. And it's been, and it's been really, you know, like, get, <laughs> it's not like we've been planning for it and been saving. It's been really tough on us, but... Just like I said before, seeing the impact and knowing what you're doing is actually benefiting mums and dads and society and mental health and, you know, it's it's worth it. Like at the end of the day, I just always say if one person stands up at my funeral and says that their life was made a bit better by something I did, that's what it's about. It's not about the masses and I know that there's an always big focus on, oh, how many people, are, you know, like with social media, like followers and of big events and things I'm like I'm all about the one like I just want that one person to be impacted and if more impacted amazing if not then that's what it's about and you just have to keep reminding yourself because that keeps you grounded yeah absolutely and I think that you've definitely accomplished that so congratulations to you you've definitely impacted more than one you've impacted <laughs> oh, down, I think. You. so that's just incredible um you touched on earlier your self-care practices um you know journaling prayer and meditation but what is something that you would recommend a mum listening perhaps to dive into in terms of you know an epic book or a podcast episode that you found that's really shifted your perspective and that you felt some growth from yeah absolutely that's a really good question I mean I personally love um audio books so I um have an audible account and I just find that you know like I drove to the obstetrician appointment instead of having the radio on I have a I'm listening to an audio book but one that I listened to recently which I just I've told so many people to listen to yeah um is I'm going to my library. It's uh, the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within. 
So it's an audible audio book, but it's actually live from one of his conferences. And I like I'd obviously known about Tony Robbins and everyone's heard about him and some people like him, some people don't. But I thought, oh look, I'll I'll give it a listen. And but I thought it might be, you know, you gotta do this and smash this and all of that. But <laughs> it it was actually really yeah, it was really beautiful. And he was just talking about more about the, you know, how to impact those, um, you know, those people and how to make the most of your life. And like for him, like he is, has so much money that he doesn't need to be doing anything, but he just says that just, you know, how much reward he gets and, um, and it's about, yeah, like your mindset and all of that. And yeah, I, I reckon I listened to it I just devoured it in a day or two. It was really, really good. So, and I've um, I've recommended it to a few of our mums because it's not super focused on business. It's more focused on personal development and just yeah, improving your 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 mental state. So, um, I would definitely recommend that. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes actually, so that people can find it pretty easily and download it and have a listen. Awesome. Um, Lauren, I ask this question to most of my guests because I feel like each time I ask, I'm reminded of something that I should be doing more often or I'm inspired by the answer. Um, can you share something that you do for you that takes care of you from the inside out each day? One thing, I guess, sort of, again, touching on what I, um, you know, my daily practices but I know like going for a walk and actually sitting by the water um I find that the like being by the water for me is just a really calming time and I know that I always feel better for it so I usually um go like go for a walk haven't done it as much since being heavily pregnant but I would go and I would listen to whether it be an audio book or something on the way down then I would sit and just just be still by the water and I would listen to um, some like just instrumental like music just so that, you, you know, your mind isn't busy yeah. and just journal. Like I, I, a lot of some people journal, some people don't. I love to write and I like just getting things out and just writing out um, and I feel like that just clears your mind and a lot of my great ideas have come through journaling and um, different things like that. And yeah, and I feel like obviously it keep, that keeps me active. It's only half an hour or so because usually it's before the boys wake up. Um, I try to, you know, and even just making the decision, and this is something which is hard for mums but a lot of people say is good and I try to do it, is just to, you know, wake up half an hour earlier than you normally would and you think, oh, you know, I, I'm not getting much sleep. Obviously if you got a newborn it might be a bit different but that that half an hour of sleep isn't really going to do much, but half an hour to sit and you don't even need to go for a walk. Just come into your living room and just have that time for you. Make a hot cup of coffee and write down some goals for the day or some intentions or just even write down positive things that you're proud of that you've done. It just it sets up your whole day and it's literally been game-changing for me. Oh, I love that. That sounds so peaceful. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lauren, thank you so much for sharing this conversation with me. I feel like our communities will really love this chat and I hope that any mummers to be listening have some good takeaways from this episode. Now, for anyone that wants to know more about Mums Who Wine, please head to mumswhowine.com.au where you can inquire about memberships, corporate and speaking engagements. And if you're a business owner, you can also get in touch to work with Lauren and her team. Lauren, for anyone that wants to stay connected with you and what you're doing, where can they also find you? So it's also on Instagram. So it's mumswhowine underscore au and Facebook is mumswhowine. And then we also, if you go onto our Facebook page, we have um, local Facebook groups for each of the areas. So I know you're in Newcastle. We've got a Newcastle group a Canberra group, a Brisbane group. Um, So obviously the Mums Who Wine Facebook is quite big, um, but it's actually, you know, as I said, our heart is connecting smaller communities. And so, yeah, so join one of the local groups. If If there is not a local group yet, get in touch with us and we will make it happen so that we can come to you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much again, Lauren. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much and good luck with baby. We can send each other a couple of photos once we're, you know, sipping a glass of champagne (laughs) post-birth. Yes, I love that. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.